Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how some plants may have a sense of sight. You'll also learn about how emoji reflect cultural differences around the world. In the final edition of our Hashtag Tuesdays miniseries with internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch. Raised hands. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Recent scientific research has shown that plants are way more complex than we give them credit for. Plants communicate through the air and through their root structures, and even show a plant version of cognition. And evidence is suggesting that plants may have the gift of sight. Before we share this mind-bending evidence, we should back up. This isn't really anything new. Way back in 1907, Francis Darwin, the son of the one and only Charles Darwin, argued the same thing. He theorized that plant leaves have organs made up of lens-like cells and light-sensitive cells, organs now called ocelli. You can see ocelli, sometimes called simple eyes, in some arthropods and in jellyfish and sea stars. Darwin's theory was all but forgotten until recently, when a new wave of something called plant neurobiology started gaining steam. In a November 2016 issue of Trends in Plant Science, scientists laid out the case for plants having something akin to an eye. Exhibit A, Earlier in 2016, researchers discovered that an ancient species of cyanobacteria actually act like tiny lenses in what is, they said, probably the world's smallest and oldest example of a camera eye. It's reasonable to assume that other organisms, like plants, probably do too. Exhibit B, according to Scientific American, is that some plants make proteins involved in the development and functioning of eye spots. Those are the super basic eyes found in some single-celled organisms like green algae. And then there's the mind-bending fact that the climbing vine Bochilla trifoliolata can change its leaves to look like those of the plant it's climbing. We don't know that it uses vision to achieve this, but it's definitely a possibility. Looks like talking to plants is just the beginning. There's definitely a lot more going on in those leaves and roots than we previously thought. And that's not to even mention the ants. Right. I mean, they have whole faces so many senses like what senses do they have sight sure we we established that talk <laughs> we got to go over the senses cody <laughs> there's a component of online language that plays a uniquely massive role in how we communicate and that thing is emoji or emoticons would you believe there are major cultural differences that shape how different emoji are used and interpreted around the world well, we're about to get into the details in the final edition of our Hashtag Tuesdays miniseries. Our guest is internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch, author of the new book, Because Internet, Understanding the New Rules of Language. Specifically, she's going to get into the difference in emoticons and emoji between America and Japan. But maybe first we should talk about the difference between emoticons and emoji, which I did not know. And I'm just like, Ashley, what's the difference? And you instantly told me. So emoticons are just basically the text-based happy faces and sad faces, like with the colon and the parentheses. And emoji are the little cartoon images that require a special character to create. Right, and the special keyboard and mobile providers have different interpretations of them and things like that. Totally. Well, I found that fascinating, and I love that you just instantly knew it. I don't know why I didn't. And there's actually a popular Japanese emoji style with its own name called Kaomoji, K-A-O, Kao. It comes from the combination of two words in Japanese kanji, Kao as in face, and Moji as in character. So why are emoji and Kaomoji so different? Here's Gretchen. Emoticons, or, you know, cartoon faces, broadly speaking, in 
the Western English speaking world tends to emphasize the mouth as the place of primary emotional meaning. So you have a, you know, a smile with the mouth curved upwards and a frown with the mouth curved down and so on and so forth. And this is what shows up in the stylizations of our cartoons and the stylizations of our, you know, comic strips and also in our emoticons because you have things like colon parenthesis and the parenthesis is what's doing the emotional meaning there. If you have open parenthesis versus closed parenthesis, you're going to get a different emotional meaning. It's the same colon, the eyes are the same shape. Conversely, in, in Japanese, in anime in general, the emotional load is carried by the eyes more than the mouth. And this is, again, stylized faces, right? So in manga and anime drawings there, the character's eyes do all these exaggerated things to convey the emotions, and their mouths can stay pretty much the same. And then the same thing happens in their text-based emoticons. So kaomoji, which you can use for uh, carrot, the little pointy hat, carrot underscore carrot is happy because the eyes are happy, versus capital T underscore capital T is sad because the, the base of the T is like the tears streaming down from the closed eyes. And so it's, you know, both stylized things that are using punctuation resources, the keyboard resources, but they're emphasizing different parts of the face. And this is responsible for some of the confusion in emoji. Uh, some of them have mouths and eyes that seem to be slightly contradicting each other. And so English-speaking users tend to use them for their mouth value and not for the semiotic value of their eyes. One of the classic examples of this was Apple's grimacing face with smiling eyes. So it has the, the pointed eyes that indicate that it's happy, but it has the mouth in sort of a lozenge shape with the teeth barred, which indicate this grimace. And so it was originally encoded in Japanese to be this sort of smiling face because the eyes are smiling, but American users were using it to indicate grimacing, except on other platforms, the mouth didn't look as grimacy, and so there was a lot of confusion there until eventually this got redesigned. You might think it's a small detail to focus on a mouth or focus on eyes, but a scientific study actually showed how deep this cultural difference goes. There's a psycholinguistic study looking at, they gave Japanese speakers and English speakers like faces with, you know, various parts of them masked out. So they'd have like fuzz over, you know, like radiostatic over various parts of the faces. And they found that the English speakers looked more towards the mouth. And when the mouth was fuzzed out, they had a hard time reading the emotions and the speakers looked more towards the eyes and when they were fuzzed out they had a more difficult time so there were there are some it seems to be where people look towards i don't think it's that our faces look super different emotionalized but i think we we have certain things that are culturally associated with particular emotions so what purpose in general do emoji serve i know that some people try to shoehorn them into being a language but they're not exactly that what what is kind of their analog in spoken language I like to think of emoji as gesture because they do a lot of the same communicative things that gesture does when it comes to their relationship with the words that we say. So you can often use a, a gesture or an emoji to highlight or to undermine something that you're saying. If you say something like good job with a thumbs up, then that's positive. That's great. You know, you're, you're reinforcing the good job. But if you say good job with a middle finger, now you're undermining it and you're being sarcastic or you're being pointed or something like that. And you can add these additional sorts of meanings with either a gesture or an emoji that provide more clarity for what your actual intentions are. So you can use emoticons to essentially gesture online, but how do you avoid being misinterpreted when you talk to someone from a different culture? 
Gretchen told us that when in doubt, use a full body emoji or emoticon, like a shrugging face, or one of my personal favorites, the table flip emoticon. I believe the shrugging face has a name and it's called the shruggy. Wow, really? Yeah. Anyway, you can learn even more tips and fun facts in Gretchen McCulloch's new book, Because Internet, Understanding the New Rules of Language. You can find links to that and more from Gretchen in today's show notes. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that some plants may have a sense of sight. I'm never going to change my clothes in front of my golden pothos ever again. That's probably a good call. And that Western emoji focus on the mouth, while Japanese emoji or cow emoji focus on the eyes. I feel like that explains so much. That's why people tune in to Curiosity Daily. And you can join us again tomorrow to learn something new on that very podcast in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.